Sawyer Robertson has committed to Baylor football, and he is in Waco. Could he be the answer for this team's struggles? This is Locked on Baylor. You are Locked on Baylor, your daily podcast on the Baylor Bears, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Welcome to Locked On Baylor. Drake Tolp from Sports Illustrated's Inside the Bears here with you alongside Baylor grad. And uh, Sean, I am going to dub you the Sawyer Robertson expert because this guy has watched him play from the very beginning and has some keen insight on what the Bears are getting here in Waco. Thank you, Sean, and everybody else out there for making Locked On Baylor their first listen every single day. And to jump right in, I mean, you got kind of a up close and personal glimpse of Sawyer early on. How did that start? Yep. No, absolutely. Appreciate having me, Drake. So, you know, I started seeing, I think first game I saw Sawyer's in 2018. So my little brother was playing um, against Coronado. He went to a different school in Lubbock. Um, so remember, you know, going to that game and um, seeing Sawyer as a sophomore, it was like, you know, this kid's got it. Um, it yeah. was pretty clear at that time. Um, it was probably one of the best high school games I've ever saw, um, to be honest back and forth game uh you know uh, Sawyer's team did end up losing at the end of the day but watching it I was like you know man that guy would be hell of a fit at Baylor at the end of the day um I think we just come off a one-win season at that point yeah. um so you know in the big scheme of things was like okay we're probably not going to snag him um so watch him you know through that year and then uh, you know I'm a big nerd when it comes to high school football and just kind of keeping up with you know teams I have ties to so um with Coronado being high school I went to you know kept up with him and watched him sophomore junior senior <clears throat> senior year and I mean he was it was clear it was something different um you know love at Coronado by no means is a juggernaut high school team um at all and the things he was able to do there were you know uh, never happened before at that high school um at the end of the day so watching him you know year in year out we keep getting better um you know it's always a kind of a wish list thing you know he didn't put Baylor and uh, you know now we're here so yeah, I'll tell you this, Sean. Um, my birthday is January 17th. The day this is airing, by the way, we are to rip the curtain back, as I say always. Uh, we are recording just on the doorstep of the Dallas Cowboys game. So we have no idea what's going to happen in that game. By the time this airs, the world will know. And it will be my birthday. This was the best early birthday present I think I've ever gotten in my life. Uh, not that Sawyer Robertson was for me, but but his yeah. his commitment to Baylor is has made my last week so much better. And y- you've already mentioned kind of some of the game changing things that he was that he at least had the eye tests very early on under head yeah. coach Seth Parr at at Coronado, who's now at Anna and leading them to a lot of success. I mean, kind of a, a diamond in the rough for a school who's not used to having that caliber of athlete. What made him so good, despite him being so young? You know, I think it's you've talked about it, so of all the other Baylor folks. I mean, it's when it comes to, you know, prototypical passer. I mean, he's got the size, you know, he's got the arm strength. Um, you know, the big thing at the end of the day was, you know, it's clear, you know, his ability to win. Um, you know, that's very cliche. Um, but I went back and looked and I was just out of curiosity. So since I left Coronado, um, there's been 13 high school seasons. Um, and I think Sawyer accounts for 40 percent of the wins in those 13 years. So, I mean, it's, uh, you know, the numbers, you know, however many, you know, hundreds of touchdowns, I think it was, you know, what, probably 120, 130 plus, um, you know, that's one thing that's, uh, that's, you know, heck of a stat at the end of the day, but just his ability to win um, was huge. Um, you know, I think 
I think it was probably that 2018 year as well. So when he was young, um, it was a rivalry game, another Lubbock school. Um, and I was keeping up with it. I think it was just on the radio. Um, and they were down three touchdowns. Um, I think they're either started the fourth quarter or into the third quarter. Um, and he brought them back to win. Um, so just that kind of thing, you know, numbers are one thing, but the ability to win is a whole different story. Um, so again, it's, you know, Lubbock, West Texas kids don't get a lot of you know attention when it comes to recruiting. It's just not this, not the same hotbed. Um, you know, it's it's much cheaper and efficient for coaches to go out to the Metroplex, Houston, Austin to recruit than it is to go all the way out to Lubbock, where there's not quite as much talent at the end of the day. Just you know, pure numbers. So his ability to you know win, get attention, um, and you know really you know start to put some of those teams and some of that talent on the map was a huge difference maker. You mentioned that he was able to put Coronado on the map. I mean, is this, you mentioned you've, you've followed Coronado for the better part of 20 plus years. Is this the best kid that has come through the biggest game changer that has come through? Yeah. So they had a kid um, right before, I think his name Quay, Quay Johnson, I can't remember. So he was, I think Seth Parr's first quarterback. So he put up big time numbers, Um, you know, and that's, I think, my concern at the end of the day is, you know, is, and I don't think it's the case, but, you know, the system quarterback thing, you know, Seth Parr has had great success everywhere. So, yeah. it's, you know, how much of that is the system and Coach Parr versus what he's doing. So Quay was right before him. Um, and then back when ooh, was when I was early in high school, there's a kid, Austin Zuzalik, who went and played at Tech. He was um, – quarterback that could run 4-3-4-4. He ended up playing receiver at the Tech, punt return, or that kind of thing. But aside from them, um, yeah, Sawyer was by far, you know, the most notable athlete to come through. Yeah, it's tough not to make a Mount, a Mount Rushmore anywhere with 12,000 yep. yards, 146 touchdowns, only 22 picks, 65% passing. He was he was there. He like that that yeah. guy's the numbers have got it. 6 foot 4, 200 pounds. There's not really much you can tell me that is a downside to Sawyer Robertson. Uh, but Sean, I'm going to force you into that. You mentioned there's a possibility that he maybe he's a system quarterback and Seth Parr has had so many quarterbacks who look the exact same. I got to see one at Anna this year who's a commit to Louisiana Tech. What could be the possible downsides here for Baylor's? What a lot of us hope is Baylor's future. Yeah, no, and it's I, I definitely don't think there's many of them. But I mean, it's I think it comes down to the adjustment. Um, you know, getting to that college level, how he adjusts. Um, it's you know so much of what he did. Um, and I can't remember who it was. Someone mentioned it on Baylor Twitter. You know, he always goes to the first read. But yeah. you know, at the end of the day, that's how the system system is set up for him um so when you're throwing that many yards it's it's hard to knock going with the first read so how will he adjust you know there's a few games there you know really i guess primarily in the playoffs you know where they ran into you know good metroplex teams um yeah. you know a few of the denton teams i believe um red oak i think was maybe his senior year um which was a heck of a game where they got you know a different level of talent at the end of the day um that kind of forced him to do things differently so at the end of the day is you know how will he adjust to that um i think that's going to be the biggest biggest question um is how he'll adjust to the speed and just the different schemes at the end of the day 
Yeah, I mean, he's got less than, I think, less than 20 passes at Mississippi State. So you're looking at a guy that doesn't yet have the college experience in games on Saturdays, but has at least been in practices against an SEC defense, to granted, not one of the better SEC defenses in Mississippi State, but has has that experience. So, Sean, I want your like general op-ed column opinion on the progression of a kid like this and whether or not he could step on the field and be a contributor for Baylor next season. But first... I got to tell everybody at home, and trust me, Sean is going nowhere, about betonline.net is the number one source for your sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. I am wearing a Cowboys, a Cowboys pullover. This is like a rain jacket. Uh, my My heart says Cowboys minus three. By the way, you've already seen this game. When this is airing, you've already seen this game. I don't know what's going to happen yet. I don't. But everything else says Tampa Bay money line. What do I do? I don't know. I go to betonline.net. I look at all the podcasts. They have all the analysis of these games. They have basketball. They have NBA basketball, college basketball, the NFL, the playoffs. Already opening up lines for next Saturday's games, the Jags and the Chiefs. Trevor Lawrence is like 52, 53-0 on Saturday in his last 50-plus games. I like that a lot. Even though the Chiefs are really good, numbers don't lie. They've got it all at betonline.net. You can make those picks. If you love sports podcasts, that's one of the big things that are growing there at BetOnline as well. Use your mobile device. Go there today. BetOnline is where the game starts. You literally cannot start the game until you go to BetOnline. Sean, Blake Shapen last year did not have the best year at the whole quarterback thing. Um, in Okay, so look, look, Sean, you Baylor alumni, follow the sport, right? Have seen Sawyer Robertson play multiple times. Is is this a guy who deserves to walk in day one and have a shot based on what you've seen him do? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it's, you know, I think anyone that's, you know, there deserves a shot regardless. Um, but I think it'd be a different story if this year turned out different. Um, there are concerns um, for sure with, uh, I guess, kind of the way the season played out for shape and especially given, you know, the the line that was coming back, you know, that was supposed to be, I think that's yeah. why everyone you know said, you know, hey, you know, Baylor's Big 12 favorite largely because of that line. Um, but it's, you know, the it's bil- inability, I guess, to get rid of the ball. Um, it was, you know, we were young at the skill positions at the end of the day. That was a big challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I think something, you know, that I remember seeing from Sawyer's how quick he gets rid of the ball. Um, you know, it is in bit, whether it's play action or just quick passes, he gets the ball in the hands of guys that can make plays, um, which is which is huge. You know, as opposed to hold on to the ball, um, you know, he can throw the deep ball. But at the end of the day, yeah, no, absolutely, I think deserves a chance. Um, you know, it's I was a big Shapen fan, I still am. He's a Baylor yeah. guy, but um, it's definitely the way the season played out, you know, there's, there's questions there. And, um, you know, it worst case, you know, it pushes shaping to be better. Um, you know, gives, gives it some motivation there that there's a guy right on his tail. Um, but I think it, you know, open quarterback competition from day one should be the case. Yeah. I, and I have made the point on the podcast multiple times, maybe Blake Shapen has just a transformational different off season. Uh, I don't know what that would take for like, I, I bring up Max Duggan, right? He was not very good at football. He was the backup. And then a new staff comes in, he gets a shot and he's great. There's not really a new staff at Baylor to bring that for Blake Shapen, but somebody in there could help him skyrocket him to a great off season that puts him at, as a, a big 12 caliber quarterback. He didn't really reach this past season in a lot of his games. Sawyer Robertson though, 
from high school to now the tape that he's put on, at least at practice that we've got to watch a little bit from Mississippi state. Um, uh, is he, this is a loaded question, Sean. I, I know you're like, this is a tough one to answer to you. Do you see maybe a higher ceiling, better potential, or is he just playing better than Blake Shapen? You know, it's, it, that's tough to say today. Cause, you know, all, the film we have is, you know, primarily um, high school. Um, yeah. And, you know, if you're comparing, you know, Blake Shapen's film and, you know, say that Big 12 championship and, you know, the couple games beforehand, you know, he looked like, you know, a Heisman contender at the end of the day. Um, it's just so hard to say. Um how it's going to play out. Um, it's, yeah, you know. It's tough. To I told you, Sean. It. It's, it's, it's tough. Yeah. You know, it's giving someone else a chance. Sure, that, that may be the best call. Um, yeah. I think um, it was the lack of seeing shape and get better. You know, I think, you know, when – the, the option was made to go with Shapin as opposed to Bohannon. The whole thing was, you know, being able to throw the ball and get the ball downfield, yeah. and that didn't play out. Um, so, you know, what does Shapin now have that Sawyer doesn't? Um, and I think ultimately at the end of the day, yeah, I think upside may be better. But, uh, you know, if you, we would back this up a year ago, then we thought Shapin's ceiling was, you know, you know, again, Heisman level. So it's it's hard to say at the end of the day. But. Yeah, the dude broke a facility record at AT&T Stadium. So, I mean, look, it, it may sound wild to say Heisman level, but there were a lot of us that said, okay, if a guy has a breakout year, he could be one of the best, if not the best, quarterbacks in the Big 12. Doesn't pan out. And now Sawyer Robertson steps in to, I don't want to say save the day, but at least give you a new element to the quarterback room that I don't think is done being constructed. But a lot of this goes back to, and maybe the reason that Sawyer Robertson is on campus right now goes back to the fact that Austin Novosad is is at Oregon. I know you followed a lot of the the Austin Novosad stuff. Is this a fair trade to get now Sawyer Robertson over Austin Novosad effectively? Yeah, I, I think so, and I'm pumped about. It. I think you know the. I think you touched on it at some point in one of your shows. You know, the concern with Novosad. You know, everyone was pumped about it, um, but it was you know at the end of the day he flipped. Um, yeah. There was not the loyalty to Baylor. Um, you know, I think you know everything I've heard about Sawyer about his family, that kind of thing. That he's a great kid. Um, he's well raised, that kind of thing. And no knock on Novosad at all. You know, ultimately if someone offered me, you know, the kind of money that he supposedly got, I'd probably do the same thing. Um, but I think we do have that loyalty with Sawyer now that he's here, especially us being the second school, you know, more than likely not gonna hop around. I think at the end of the day, we know that there's someone to be there for the long haul. Um yeah. and skill wise, I think you know, he's right there with him for sure. Um, you know, my biggest concern Maybe going back, because I think about your previous question is, you know, we've had so much inconsistency at the quarterback position, Um, you know, whether it's, you know, not only play, but who's going to be at the starter. Um, And, you know, we've seen that impact, um, I think, our ability to recruit, um, you know, and get guys in because, you know, they're seeing, you know, when your quarterbacks, you know, someone gets benched for the next one. So what kind of trend and precedent is that set if in back-to-back years we have a starting quarterback that then gets beat out? So, that's uh, at the end of the day, if, you know, Sawyer's the right guy or even if it was no side coming in, um, you know, that's, you know, the success of the team is number one, but long-term, how does that play out, play out when it comes to recruiting quarterbacks? Yeah, there's a question mark there. There's yeah. definitely a question mark there. And uh, maybe I, I'll pitch this to you since you got to see him way before I did. I mean, I didn't know the name Sawyer Robertson until a month ago. Um, I, I follow Baylor 
And, and even Larry Fedora didn't know the name Sawyer Robertson until it was too late. And that's what maybe why Baylor didn't get him from, from jump. Sean, before we get into a bit of a preview of Baylor and Texas Tech that is happening now tonight when this airs, give me your number one about Sawyer Robertson. What is it? Because, look, I, I, there have been a lot of players who have come through the doors at Baylor and very few who I've had people say, look, I saw this kid in high school and, and he's different. He's special. Like I, I'm so passionate about this player that I'd love to talk about him. And and you've done that with Sawyer Robertson and brought that perspective. What is it about him that, that makes you that high on him? What's that number one thing? You know, it's the winning thing. Like I mentioned the winning um, for me, it's watching him. It's, it gives Bryce Petty vibes. Um, you know, Bryce Petty was the guy when, um, I guess when I was there, um, seeing him and just, you know, it's that big quarterback can throw the ball, can move, um, is sneaky, you know, uh, that sneaky mobility can get out of situations as needed, um, which is huge. Um, so I think it's just, maybe it's the nostalgia of saying, Hey, this might be a Bryce Petty. Yeah. Um, you know, at the end of the day, we'll see how his game compares to Bryce Petty, but, um, it's uh, very, very similar vibes and watching him. It's like, okay, this is, this looks familiar for the last eight years. People have been saying, where is Bryce Petty? Where are these guys that could step up and be the old RG threes? And uh, maybe, you know, we thought maybe Austin Novosad was that, but I, I like Sawyer Robertson and the trajectory, the fact he's got a couple years of college under his belt to probably hopefully bring that to Baylor. And Sean, one thing I need brought to Baylor is another men's basketball win to get 500 in the conference. But before we break that down, I also want a built bar. I told you I've been doing built bars in the morning now because they are low fat. They don't have a lot of calories and you got to try them. So just the holidays are over. And my my goal has been to eat healthier this year. I've been playing basketball a lot with the guys. I've been going out. I didn't have the most healthy Christmas break. You know, college gets like, we get like a month. And so I went on some trips, splurged a little bit. Now I'm going to get back into my health kick. So I've been playing some basketball, playing some tennis, trying to stay active. I'm, I'm in beginner tennis. Class starts today, by the way. There's a lot of stuff going on today. Uh, so I've gotten built bar back into my routine. It's healthy. It's tasty. It is. I like I, I like to say delicious. My favorite word to, to describe it in only 130 calories, delicious in 130 calories with four grams of sugar, only four grams of sugar, whopping 17 grams of protein. So right now we are so stoked that built bar can be ordered at built.com or at your local Walmart or Sam's club, four bar box of cookies and cream at Walmart, the 13 bar box of brownie butter and churro at Sam's club. You can thank me later, all that and more also at built.com. That is built bar. Sean, tonight, Baylor men's basketball against Texas Tech. The Bears have won two straight in Big 12 play. Texas Tech has lost five straight in Big 12 play. And I saw a tweet. I saw a tweet that restored my faith completely in Baylor men's basketball. Every loss this team, all five of them, has had this season have been to a team currently ranked in the top 20 of the AP poll. Maybe this team never really was bad, quote-unquote, just playing elite competition literally every night. Yeah. Nope. I'm, uh, I'm with you. You know, I think they're, it's a heck of a lot better team than we give them credit for. Um, yeah. You know, my concern is, you know, we still see mistakes that we haven't seen in past years. 
whether that's defensively, offensive miscues, that kind of thing. That's still a little bit my concern, but it's still it's still early at the end of the day. It's still um, you know a pretty new team, so um, you know uh, I'm not concerned uh, at this point. But but I'm with you. We're not near as bad as uh, we initially thought we were. Yeah, I and look, I came out a couple of weeks ago and was like, oh, you know, Baylor or a week ago, I said Baylor basketball is not where it needs to be, which is true. And I was probably a little more dramatic than I should have been on the, it wasn't a downfall necessarily, but it looked disastrous. And now with two more wins, the, the uptrend is there, but this feels like it could be a backbreaker for Texas tech. They've got Baylor at home tonight. If they lose that game, they drop to zero and six in conference play. Then they go on the road to Kansas state. They lose that sitting at zero and seven. This is where, where tech has to turn their season around. If they want to go to the NCAA tournament, there's a lot on the line for Texas tech. And, that to me is scary. Yeah, I mean it's you know Tech's still a great team. Um, you know they've got some players named uh, Pop Isaacs, um, and then the the transfer that they got, um, the center uh, Farwad, some along those lines. Uh, yeah. He just got back last game. Looked pretty good against UT. Um, you know, the, uh, Tech's a good team, and I think you know despite the current record, um, that's scary, especially playing in Lubbock. Um, you know, I. If, born and raised in Lubbock and you know of any team that I hate to lose to you know I root for Tech unless they're playing Baylor but I hate losing Tech um, because that is um, that's a tough one to take I know too many people there get way too much crap anytime that happens so at the end of the day you know I'm hoping we pull it out but I think you know it's Tech is uh, winning in Lubbock is that's tough um, that's my biggest concern is Lubbock if it was in Waco I'd feel good about it in Lubbock I'm a little more concerned United Supermarks Supermarkets Arena, the maybe the wildest arena name in America, uh, is where dreams go to die. And Oklahoma has gotten a win there this year. Kansas has gotten a win there this year. But the OU game was in overtime. The Kansas game was by three. Tech's losses on the road to Texas were by two. On the road to TCU by six. They got blown out against Iowa State. But four of their games could have easily, with the change of basket or a foul call, flipped to be Texas Tech wins. And you could say the same for Baylor. I mean, flip around a couple things for Baylor. This team is four and one in Big Twelve play. And I go back to that TCU game. Go back to the Kansas State game. Gosh, this team has just caught some bad breaks this year. Yeah, and I again, I think both teams have, and that's uh, I think life in the Big Twelve is you uh, those standings. You know, a handful of plays across the entire league, the standings could all of a sudden be flipped. Um, so that's. That's the um, biggest thing. So it's so hard to say, you know, this team's bad. You know, in the past, you know, there was, you know, say the bottom two or three teams, you know, you can mark those off. And, you know, yeah. in theory, those are those are given wins. Um, it's not the case anymore. Um, you know, especially, uh, you know, uh, going in there, playing, playing tech. Um, you know, they, just like you said, they've had some close games against some good, really good teams, um, potentially teams that at this point might be better than us. Um, so, uh, you know. Who knows? Who knows how that's going to go? Um, you know, in my mind, it's going to come down so much to, you know, obviously, you know, uh, Keontae's, you know, uh, he's the man, um, but he's going to, you know, I think he's going to put up his, you know, 25, you know, ish points. Um, that's a given. You know, I think uh, watching the last few weeks, the key is going to come down to, you know, Cryer. Um, I think that's a big aspect. I think Flagler is going to get his points, you know, have his production. Um, it, but for me, it's going to come out of also um, uh, Bridges and then Thamba. Um, you know, what kind of production do those guys have? Because, you know, for, uh, you know, a number of games there, we were trying to get all the points out of the guard position. Um, and, you know, by no means do I think Thamba or Bridges need to put up 20 points, but uh, they, we've got to get something out of them. 
um, because you know the guards people know that's how they get that's how they get beat by us is you know letting the guards you know start shooting the three and get the basket. Yeah, that I think you hit the nail on the head. This this team's probably going to run through Keontae George, and if you're going to add in one extra element that needs to be consistent every night, and you, you say it's L.J. Cryer, I'm I'm with you. I I, I truly believe that L.J. Cryer is kind of the third piece behind. I trust right now. Keontae George and Adam Flagler more than LJ Cryer, despite the fact that he's still putting up 14 points per game. Um, I I guess I'm waiting for that to become a little more consistent. Uh, And I say that I pull it up right here. He has scored 16, 13, four, 13 and 11 in his last five games. So maybe he is providing it. I'm just not noticing it, but yeah, Yeah. once he hits like the, the Keontae George streak and I'm going to put up a 20 point game one night, man, I'm telling you, I'm waiting for the, the, the night where all three of those guys are pushing 30 points and this Baylor offense is led by that three-headed monster because we saw it in 2021. And if this team can get back to that, that's when it becomes a national championship caliber squad. Yeah, and I think that's exactly it. the 2021 team. You know, you knew, you know, Butler, Mitchell, and Teague. You know, every night those guys were going to, you know, uh, be at least good, if not great, um, the three of them. But, you know, it was rare that I recall ever seeing, you know, one of those guys just have a straight-up bad night. Um, and yeah. that's what I think made that team so good. And I think that's where ultimately this team success will hinge on, um, is having those three together. Um, you know, it's – you know, I, I think at the beginning of the year, we thought we had maybe, maybe more guard potential. Um, mm. You know, I think, uh, you know, we're seeing some from some of the other guys that are starting to pick it up. But it, at the end of the day, I think we at least have to have three guards that are consistently putting up points because we don't have enough big men at the end of the day. Yeah, we were ready for more guard depth at the very least. That was something that we all had talked about was, okay, this team's really deep. Uh. You haven't seen is you've seen depth, but not consistency with the depth so far this year. That that's got to flip. But Baylor, Texas Tech tonight, eight p.m. matchup. Way too late. Way too late on ESPNU. Eight p.m.'s the worst. Almost as bad as eight thirty, which is also on the docket this year for the Bears. Sean, I want to thank you for joining the show today, giving your perspective on Sawyer Robertson, the the impact he'll have at Baylor right away. What he what he came from and who he was, a high school player, now into the program for Dave Aranda, and your thoughts on Baylor basketball too. That was awesome. Absolutely, no appreciate you having me, Trent. Good time. Absolutely, Sean. Thanks again. Go follow Sean at Sean underscore Michael underscore F. I got that right, right? Yep. Yeah, it's a little long. But yeah, that's Nailed the one. <laughs> Nailed it. And for everybody else out there, you can find my stuff at Sports Illustrated's Inside the Bears or right here at Locked on Baylor and at Locked on Baylor on Twitter. This has been, always will be, Brandon McKinnon breaks down the Texas Tech game tonight on tomorrow's show with a complete recap on Locked on Baylor.